This is The Crucible. The JRTC Experience. This is Scouts Out. In this series, we discuss scout warfighting skills and lessons learned in a decisive action training environment for large-scale combat operations at JRTC. All right, hey, good afternoon, team. A Command Sergeant Major Hall here, Oscar 9, with this latest episode of The Crucible, the JRTC experience. And I'm here joined today with Command Sergeant Major Andrew Baxter, the 389 Recon Command Sergeant Major out of 3rd Brigade, 10th Mountain, Climb to Glory. Uh, just finished up rotation 23-09. Hey, glad to have you with us here, Sergeant Major. How you doing? Please, please introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, team, uh, Sergeant Major Baxter with uh, 389 Cap, 38 10th Mountain. Um, a little bit of my background. I joined uh, the Army in 1996 um, as a 19 Delta Armor Reconnaissance Specialist, uh, originally from Virginia, not the D.C. area, of course, but um, Got a wife, three adult children, um, 27 years of service. I got 15 years actually stationed here at Fort, Fort Johnson, Louisiana. Total out of those 27 years. I'm sure we'll get into that a little bit more, uh, Sergeant Major. 95% um, of my career has been um, light reconnaissance, motorized recon. And I'm a very down and in type leader where like the small things that matter, especially when it comes to reconnaissance. Um, as far as the experience we had with uh, rotation 2309, um, I think it was an outstanding snapshot for the squadron on what a LISCO environment would be like. That 14 days of force on force, I think it was, was crucial for the team. Absolutely. And, and you know, I, I really want to get into, you know, how we try to achieve combat mindset um, and how we become the ultimate war fighters for, for, you know, not just our army, but for our country. Um, but before we dig into that, you know, in your own words, could you describe, you know, what, what the NCO Corps is to you? Um, its purpose, its value, how we, the Corps, in, you know, enable our commanders. Uh, with that, Sergeant Major, I'd say the foundation, um, the Corps non-commissioned officers, bottom line is we're linebackers. We are absolute linebackers for the commissioned officers. And our job, number one priority for non-commissioned officers is maintaining order in the formation. And without maintenance of order and not proper execution of maintenance of order, all the other things that we talk about as leaders and as non-commissioned officers can't happen without that number one, number one rule. That's just my number one rule is like maintenance of order. Absolutely, and I, I love the football analogy, something we can all relate to, right? Mm -hmm. So we, the non-commissioned officers, you know, we are the linebackers for our commanders. So, you know, with your recent experience at JRTC um, and, and the training environment as, as we grind and work towards large scale, um, where would you say, you know, the core non-commissioned officers within your, you know, within Team Recon, you know, where were you maybe exposed? Where, where, where do you think the core has room to grow I would say, I think over the, the duration of the 14 days of force on force, roughly around T10 to 14, that was the window where we started seeing some ethical fading with the NCOs in the formation where their attention to detail as far as their maintaining order, the standards and discipline started to lax a little bit because it got to the point where, you know, 10 days of straight fighting all the way out going from west to east those things started dipping a little bit. And how do I energize the formation to understand that those fundamentals are paramount past 10 days? 
Like, um, I, I have this conversation with my formation consistently. Um, if we talk about it, you can push through with um, 14 days at JRTC with not doing proper machine gun maintenance not doing proper vehicle maintenance, not doing proper small arms soldier maintenance. Mm -hmm. You can, you can kind of gut through it. You can keep throwing CLP on it and kind of keep it alive, but we need to get into the mind state that it's not just 14 days. It could be six months. It could be four years. It could be that large scale mentality. That's what we need to focus on. And I think that's, that's my direction. I'm taking the formation after this rotation to get them a little bit more in that mindset. I mean, absolutely, and that I think you just described exactly what you know what we're trying to strive towards with our core, right? Is that combat mindset, right? When you come to JRTC, uh, we're absolutely gonna, you know, we're gonna try to facilitate giving you your worst day for 14 days, uh, but that repetition, that training, that grind, um, it. It, it is designed to get you into that com combat mindset so that we're ready to win. So something else that I think, uh, you know, we saw this rotation, and I'm interested, you know, on your thoughts is, you know, we have a lot of junior leaders across the NCO Corps, uh, a lot of leaders that, that are, I mean, they're super smart, right? Probably smarter than me and you were growing up in the Army. They have a lot to give. Um, but... But would you agree that you know the experience just isn't quite there yet, right? We're asking some to perform, you know, a, a, a position above their current position, or two, sometimes. Uh, sometimes two in some cases, right? And and I think you and I even, and some of your fellow peers, your fellow SAR majors, uh, we discuss, you know, we we've had a, a one big assumption is that you know things are. Uh, you know, we believe they're specified versus implied, right? And what, what we're seeing is some gaps in those, you know, what is implied out there. And we're, I think what we're realizing is that we're having to be a little bit more specified with our, especially our junior non-commissioned officers. Any thoughts on that? I would, I would say it all ties to direct leadership. So if you go all the way back to the beginning, we talk about when I, when I joined the United States Army in 1996, we were still in the LISCO mindset where you've got, you know, near peer back then, near peer threats. You were training at that that level. Um, at that level, um, what we need, I think, this is my just personal opinion, is we need to get back towards more direct style leadership, especially for our young non-commissioned officers and even the troopers and soldiers in our formations. Um, I think ever we need this more than anything right now in the United States Army's direct leadership. This this kind of passive, like, okay, mm -hmm. if you feel like doing this, I, I think we need to. Absolutely, start working that out of the mentality of our young leaders. Okay. Um, and it's it's a challenge, right? Because we don't really train. You look at BLC and PMEs. We don't talk about general military authority, the non-commissioned officer. Where is it taught? Well, it goes back and forth between NCO schools and also what's going on in your formation, and it's a lost art. Now, um, I've talked about it even at the division level with Sergeant Major Mobar of like we need to start re-educating our young corporals, our sergeants, and our staff sergeants, and even our sergeant first classes on what, what it actually means to have a professional confrontation where you can enforce general military authority, execute that general military authority as a non-commissioned officer, staying inside the left and right limits of the Army values and dignity and respect. And not to mention... And I've thought about this a lot. Is like if we have non-commissioned officers that avoid confrontation in garrison, how does that trans translate to confrontation in a combat environment? Yeah. You you have to be confrontational. You can still be professional and confrontational, but we got to we got to relearn that. You, you couldn't have said it better. I, I absolutely agree. You know, 
getting our NCO Corps back to having the personal courage, okay, um, being confident that we, you know, we understand regulatory guidance, we understand, you know, policy, not, not so much thinking, um, you know, about any type of consequences, but really focused on, you know, on what right looks like. And if we don't see it looking right, we step in, um, we treat everybody with dignity and respect, Absolutely. but we can make a good, solid, confrontational type of correction um, and, and really get our NCO Corps and our junior enlisted you know, back to the forefront of, hey, my leader is correcting me because uh, they care about me and they're trying to make me better, which in turn translates into good, solid, committed training and you know we can talk about commitment versus compliance in a second if you like and then that training you know leading into combat operations right and I, I think it's all about you know how we condition our formations and boy we certainly saw it out of your recon team here and you know not touching so much on uh, what you did pre-rotation but can you describe to us um, was there anything specific you did you know throughout RSOI uh, were you were you more stringent with inspections? Did you lead inspections? You know, from the battalion or squadron level, uh, what what made you successful in RSOI leading into rotation? Um, leading into well, Sergeant Major, I have to go back to some of the prep too because the SCO and uh, myself and the, and the recon team, the things that we put in place prior to getting to the ISB and starting that process, that's where we made our money. Yeah. When we were in the motor pools and we're inspecting the Patriot Standard Book to make sure um, soldiers have correct battle roster numbers in their helmets, and even at the my officer major and myself were inspecting those small things that lead to bigger things. Um, prior to leading up, talking about what kind of mission we're going to have, clearly communicating to the formation at, at closeout formations like, okay, this is our mission, this is what we're going to be doing, this is the purpose, that, like, and providing that purpose, it helps the formation pick up their responsibility a little bit more. And having those conversations, and specialists are, I think specialists right now are crucial for the formation because those, mm -hmm. those are junior leaders in the formation, and they have to understand they're not privates. You're not a non-commissioned officer, you're a specialist. That means that you have mastered your skill level one uh, you're mastered your skill level one as a soldier and also in your MOS proficiency. And by them picking up their responsibility, they can fill that void in which they are currently doing in certain team leader positions or gunner positions or TC positions when, when waived, of course, because of safety. Um, but it's about the responsibility. Mm -hmm. you know, when soldiers start picking up their responsibility saying, hey, you know, I'm a specialist, I can do this, I have this responsibility, then they start understanding the mission, understanding the commander's intent, executing discipline and initiative at the levels that they're, they're, they're charged with. And I think that's extremely important. Absolutely, so, I mean, I know we would agree that every echelon, you know, is, everybody's valuable to the team, right? But boy, the value of a specialist, you know, throughout our, you know, throughout our fire teams, our squads, mm -hmm. our sections, uh, you know, just, I mean, absolutely vital to the team. And I, I'll tell you, um, some would maybe say we've lost that, you know, throughout some of the, you know, some of the past years, right? But uh, just what I saw from the Patriot team, the recon team, you know, your team coming through this past rotation, I, I think we are absolutely gaining positive ground towards, you know, the value of the specialists, right? Uh, I, I believe that, uh, you know, you couldn't have said it more or, or better, you know, we got to provide them good purpose, mm -hmm. right? Maybe be a little bit more detailed with the why, right? Because, because you know, we got to educate them. 
but I, I'll tell you, I saw a lot of hungry specialists that were that were ready to like to lead, um, and it it was super impactful. Um, I'll tell you, it was just it was honestly awesome. Uh, so. You know, before I get into it, I want to talk about what it means to use, you know, Sergeant Major Baxter about being a war fighter. Uh, but before I do, the w one last kind of spontaneous question I want to ask you is, you know, how do you feel about accountability across, you know, the, the NCO Corps that you lead right now? You know, do you see, um, um, you know, leaders holding leaders accountable, leaders knowing their soldiers, you know, and, and being accountable to that? Like, where do you think we're, we're seeing some good stuff out there as far as accountability? Well, luckily in the squadron, um, Sergeant Major DeMond, um, the, 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 the former uh, squadron Sergeant Major, stood up a uh, reconnaissance school of standard um, that we do at the squadron level. Um, and that's oh, awesome. how we, that's how we kind of get, uh, get in front of corrective training, retraining to help the first sergeants and assist them in correcting poor performance in the formation. And it's not just for the, the private or the specialist that has an infraction or, or, or poor performance. It's also for non-commissioned officers. So if we have non-commissioned officers that walk past problems and they're not, you know, executing their general military authority and, and doing the right thing, then they can find potentially getting recon school of standards yeah. where you go through different things in that in that program Absolutely. about maintaining order and formation. So there is accountability. Yeah. Um, is it to where where I would like it to be? Not yet. Yeah. Um, I've been been on board with the team since April of this year. But the history I have with the squadron, it does help too. That that's one thing that assisted me coming to the squadron. Like the the team, the recon team knew what they were getting. Because I helped stand the squadron up when I was a young staff sergeant, all the way up to first sergeant, and then I was the ops sergeant major, and yeah. then I came back. So, so I have a lot of lot of pride, and I believe in the squadron. So, accountability is a, a very, very important thing because it, at the end of the day, accountability for for good, bad, right, and wrong, you know where you stand as a mature adult. Right. And I think that's extremely important. And if you know you're you're a poor performer, it's complete, completely transparent. And you know how to get over that challenge. But when you, as leaders, if we sugarcoat things. If you're a, a poor performer as a sergeant, then we want to help you overcome those challenges. Boy, if I don't tell you you're a poor performer until your report card comes out, then guess what? Now that's where you get a lot of issues we see and commonly across the Army formation where we have certain programs get weaponized. There's interpersonal conflict. There's, there's counterproductive leadership because that non-commissioned officer doesn't know where they stand daily, daily. I mean, I think we really, um, and I, I did initial counselings with all the platoon sergeants and NCYCs in the squadron, and uh, I really, really drilled down on how are you defining your daily duties and scopes to your support right. non-commissioned officers? Because it's like this glossy thing we see on the front of the NCOR. It's like, okay, daily duties and scopes, but do we really drill it down and say, no, this is what you're going to do daily, Absolutely. sergeant? Like, yeah, you're going to go to the barracks or whatever frequency it is daily. Your responsibility is that way. Your non-commissioned officers know the left and right limits, and they know how to conduct themselves for their daily duties and scopes. Right. And you can tailor that to trends that you see in your formation, and you can update that as needed. Absolutely. And I think what's special about when we clearly define, you know, duties and responsibilities, our scope of responsibility, I think, you know, for me, and, and I'd like to think most feel this way, is once that's clearly defined, now we can start working towards proficiency, but more than that, we can work towards being an expert at what we do, Absolutely. right? And you know that's really impactful not only for us as, as individual soldiers, but it, it impacts you know so much on you know how we support our team, right, and mm -hmm. make the team make the team stronger and better. 
Um, so you talked about the recon school standards. Is it's that, a recon school standards. Yeah, that sounds that sounds awesome. So, you know, you know, taking something like that, did you you know did you feel that translated into the rotation? Like, did you do you feel things that you got after in your school standards and the, kind of that culture that you were trying to drive? Did you see positive you know impacts throughout the rotation that, that maybe stemmed from some of that? continuous development you were providing your formation with the school standards more as long it is the Patriot standards book that we have for the oh, brigade because okay. most normal infractions you see in the formation through a garrison day or week you know whether it's driving civilian uh, driving POVs or just standard infractions or misconduct not so much misconduct we have another system for that but um just like infractions that's how we get in, fr in front of that with the recon school okay standards. okay so so that translates, but it also translates to knowing the standard too, what is expected as far as like TC safety, um, minimal PPE that you're supposed to wear when operating military vehicles. So a lot of the things going on in, in the Patriot uh, Standards book also translates to basic things that once it's taught and known and learned in the formation, you as a leader, you don't have to focus on that anymore because everybody knows, hey, I'm in a military vehicle, my mineral requirements, my ACH, my IPRO, my gloves. Right. So you, now you don't have to spend as much time on that because everybody knows the standard. If they deviate, they're just held accountable for it. And I think that that helped. I think that did translate into into the rotation. And it really is that simple, right? You know, it's an established standard. Uh, it gets taught uh, to the entirety of the formation. It becomes, you know, it becomes the thing that we do, right? Mm -hmm. Because it's the standard. And you know, if we together hold each other accountable. Man, yeah, it's all great stuff. And I, I've talked about that with the formation also, Sergeant Major, is like, you know, and how do you, how do you get commanders buy-in? We talk about how do we enable right. commanders and we get commanders buy-in. So if you have, I mean, not to get back, I'm a big general military authority and maintenance of order, not commissioned officer, but it's perfect. if you have corporals and sergeants maintaining order in your formation, how much time does that buy back the staff sergeant, the sergeant first class, the master sergeant, the first sergeant, the operations sergeant major, and the command sergeant major to, work, to focus on training management and leader development? Absolutely, 100%. because if because if, if a sergeant major's maintaining order as far as on spot corrections and and it's out of control, then I can't focus on leader development, training management, and and those other aspects. Yeah. So I think the the thing we need to focus on are, is our young sergeants. Absolutely. And then you can focus on those other things, executing the commanders and everything else when you go forward. I couldn't have said it better. Um, you know, so recently, you know, we we just uh, our our new SAR major of the Army came on board, and uh, you know, he talked about four specific things. Um, I, I just I want to throw out two of them. Um, the number one thing is war fighting, right? And he and he described, you know, and it is continuing to describe it across our Army that you know, being a war fighter and war fighting, it's the sole reason we exist, right? And I, I mean, what perfect place to talk about war fighting than the Joint Readiness Training Center? And and, and coming out of a recent rotation, uh, I'll tell you, I just think you've got some great insight. But you know, just personally, you know, the the you know the person that Sergeant Major Baxter is, but also the Command Sergeant Major that he is, you know, what does it mean to you to be a war fighter? Hmm. I think it gives you purpose and focus in life. Because you like that gives you like this is this is my sole purpose is to be a warfighter and this is what I focus on, defending this nation from all things evil that are in the world, and that that just gives you it gives you drive it gives you purpose it gives you focus, I mean it's also an honor too I mean mm -hmm. only s small fractions of society really get to experience the very best and the very w worst of humanity, 
and I think that's I think that's the burden of the warfighter also. Absolutely. Um, that's that's where I kind of see it, but it's an honor though. Yeah, I think you know drive, purpose, honor, everything you just described. Um, I, I mean, I couldn't agree more. Um, you know, I, I go back to a mentor, a previous uh, Oscar Nine Command Sergeant Major Burgoyne, recently retired. Uh, you know, a huge loss for the Army, right? Um, I, I think, you know, what you just described, you know, the drive, purpose, honor of, you know, that's what it means to be a warfighter. Uh, it also brings me to the thought of, you know, commitment and, you know, why we commit to what we do. And, you know, Sergeant Major Burgoyne described to me that the, the first time he felt, you know, true commitment was when he graduated, uh, you know, Ranger School. And, you know, I think that's that moment where he probably deemed that, you know, he, he knew where his driving motivation was coming from. He, he felt that true sense of purpose, right? Really probably felt honor, like you just described. And so, you know, at that moment, he, he, in his mind, I think he was a type of warfighter, right? And, you know, as units come into JRTC, I, you, you know, you've heard my spiel, right? And I, I really like to focus on, you know, where we're at with commitment, you know, versus compliance. And, you know, unfortunately, if we're not compliant, we're, we're potentially undisciplined, right? Um, so, you know, just I, I believe, you know, the focus of being a good warfighter is what gets us to that, that commitment piece, right? And, and more than that, I think, you know, what I would say is that we have to be pumped in our formations uh, to share hardship with each other, right? And that's kind of what it means to be a warfighter, right? Like, if we were to go into the midst of combat um, in the worst, you know, environment imaginable, uh, we should be pumped to share that hardship with each other. Uh, the NCO Corps uh, should just honestly be super professionally aggressive with standards and discipline and know and understand um, that those standards and discipline, um, you know, the NCO Corps providing that enables our commanders to, to maneuver us in combat and allow us to win. And in turn, I think become to, to be good war fighters, Absolutely. right? Yeah. Absolutely. So I, I'll tell you, man, that, that's awesome, man. Um, so, you know, I want to close out with one thing, um, and, and it's really the fourth thing that the Sergeant of the Army, and, you know, I wanted to talk about it anyway, but it's the fourth thing he brought up out of his four. You know, we talked war fighting. I'm going to skip, you know, numbers two and three, but um, it's about strengthening the profession, right? And, um, you know, this is another uh, spontaneous question for you, but, uh, you know, I think us seniors, uh, we, we are striving very hard to, to you know, enable the NCO Corps to do everything that we've described, you know, in discussion over the last 20 minutes, right? Uh, you know, giving them the, the purpose, direction, and ability, uh, driving, you know, personal courage towards not just holding your soldiers accountable, but really, you know, giving them passion and direction towards being, you know, proficient at their craft, you know, being an expert. You know, so, you know, what are your, you know, just personal command sergeant major thoughts on, you know, where do you think, what, what do you think helps us strengthen the profession moving forward in the Army? Strengthen the profession, the NCO Corps within that profession. What are your thoughts? I would say, sir, we need to get back to, like, basics. 
like with non-commissioned officers understanding what we already discussed we talked about um, daily duties and scopes what it means yeah. to be a non-commissioned officer and what authority we like you hear like power this no it's about authority it's the authority that commanders authorize and give the non-commissioned officers to execute their orders that they have issued um, but I don't think it it doesn't need to be just at a module at a PME or something like that but but we have to really truly assess like some of the the, the lost art of professional confrontation and and those things I think they're almost at the SAR major level right now as far as the SME so if it comes down to actually starting doing our NCOPDs and our LPDs on on how to properly execute those things staying inside the left and right limit so because once you start executing those tasks and you're like starting to maintain order and you get you get more proficient at it you're more confident about it and then you start going after bigger problems and you, you get in front of bigger problems and get in front of bigger problems so but it starts there with the basics of executing general military authority and that will give them pride in oneself it will give them purpose focus meaning and they'll be a part of something that like just isn't individually based they understand that they have NCOs to the left and right that they'll back up Absolutely, and, and you know, I think the, mo the more committed uh, we are at, you know, giving, the, giving them all those tools that you just described, I think the more committed in turn they'll be to us, right? Uh, to, to the entirety of the Corps itself, the NCO Corps, but also the entirety of the Army. Uh, you know, I'll tell you, the, the last thing I'd throw out there is what we focused on here at JRTC you know, down at the, really the company through the battalion slash squadron level is allowing you, facilitating the ability to um, execute, you know, tough realistic combat training where you can, you know, I think it's mastery of the basics like you just described, uh, but more than that, you know, mastery of those fundamentals, right? And you know, the one thing I, I stress to the team is, you know, uh, a few things, right? You, you know, here at JRTC, you got to think simple, right? Um, and mastery of those basics and fundamentals is thinking simple, right? It's it's good inspections, it's good quality rehearsals, you know, that synchronize the team, uh, allow you to identify, you know, holes in your plan, uh, talk about risk and mitigating that risk, right? Simple plans too. Yes, yeah, sim just, simple yeah. plans, right? So, you know, um, you know, getting from conceptual planning to detail planning right which keeps the plan simple and then you know I would say uh, you know I like to say you know think security camouflage digging in you know we we grew up in the old school days of you know after you take a knee and you've been on a knee for 30 minutes hopefully you know we're in the prone for 30 minutes it's time to start digging your foxhole and it's just muscle memory right you know we're, we may not be quite there but I'll, I'll tell you I think the thought is out there the thought is there really from the specialist level going up and and we're well on our way uh, to really honestly you know fighting really really good in large scale and you know so I, I'm gonna close out with this uh, I, I really appreciate you being here today Sergeant Major what a great discussion you know we covered some great dialogue about you know the rotation that you just endured that your team endured quite hot um, it, it was it was yeah hot rotation history books it, you know I will tell you uh, y'all did a great job uh, saw a lot of commitment out of your team saw a lot of you know saw a lot of war fighters out on the ground and saw a lot of young uh, very impressionable soldiers across you know your formation that I was proud to be a team a teammate of this rotation 
uh, really growing and, 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 you know, they were becoming 1% better every day. And, and the last thing I'd say, you know, from, from JRTC here team um, and, and, you know, getting after the crucible event of your training careers, right? Before, you know, your last repetition before you go into combat is a, you know, I would just tell you, be fit, uh, be a good teammate and, and be disciplined. Uh, that's what's gonna make us all great war fighters uh, and it's gonna make our team super, super powerful. And we're gonna go over there and we're, we're gonna absolutely win. Uh, thanks for being with us today. Uh, this is Oscar Nine signing off the net. Thank you for joining us on The Crucible, the JRTC experience. The Joint Readiness Training Center is the premier crucible training experience. We prepare units to fight and win in the most complex environments against world-class opposing forces. We are America's leadership laboratory. Again, we'd like to thank our guests for participating. This podcast was created and produced by Mr. John Mabes. It was recorded and edited by Chief Thomas Rich and researched by First Lieutenant Anthony Cho. Intro vocals were done by Mr. Robert Chopper. Special thanks to Captain Jermaine Branch and Mr. Jeff England from Public Affairs. Be sure to like and follow us on social media to keep up with the latest warfighting TTPs learned through the crucible that is the Joint Readiness Training Center. Follow us by going to https colon forward slash forward slash l-i-n-k-t-r dot e-e forward slash j-r-t-c. We'd like to thank our partners at the Center for Army Lessons Learned of the Combined Arms Center, especially the JRTC Call Observations Detachment. Be sure to follow them on social media as well. Follow them at https colon forward slash forward slash www.army.mil forward slash C-A-L-L. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and review us wherever you listen or watch your podcasts. And be sure to stay tuned for more in the near future. The Crucible, the JRTC experience, is a product of the Joint Readiness Training Center.